All right, let's open our Bibles quickly. Let's continue by taking a declaration of the glory of God, which has become our habit, and which I pray that we all do in our individual lives. Two things we do therefore. Number one, to just declare into the air who indeed is the Lord, who indeed is in charge. That's number one. And number two, to activate his judgments on the earth. It's very important. Say, so when thy judgments are upon the earth, O God, the inhabitants thereof, they do what? They learn righteousness. It's an important thing. I remind us once in a while, let's never think that we are nicer than the Lord is. No, we can't be. You know, there's something I've been quoting once in a while. The man said, if I were God, I would do this. The other man said, no. No. <laughs> if you were God, you would do exactly what the Lord did. <laughs> because you can't be wiser than him. You can't know more than he knows. And you can't, you understand, you can't have an interest of everybody in heart more than he does. What he just does is to give us the opportunity, all right, to walk with him. So he will reveal his will. He will reveal his ways. And then sometimes he will, you know, appear like he wants to judge. But really, his will is not that judgment. So he will put the spirit of intercession in the heart of somebody else and say, you pray. And then his own desire will now come to pass. You know, my daughter was asking me something the other day. He said, is it that if you ask God for something, you know, is it that there are times he doesn't do it? I said, yeah, do you, if you ask me for anything, do I do it all the time? <laughs> I said, no, it's not every time he does it. That there are times he has to overrule in his wisdom. And that's because he knows more than you. He has more, you know, love for you than you understand concerning yourself. And that is why he gives us the opportunity to work with him. So let's bear it in mind. Occasionally we must pronounce his judgments on the earth. is an important assignment that he has given us. All right, the Lord is good. Lord is let's move to the book of Psalms. We are going to re- declare from Psalm um, 60, 67. The, the book of Psalms 67. If you are there, say amen. amen. We are going to read all seven verses. And as, we, as usual, we read it from the bottom of our hearts. We are trying to effect something on the earth. Let me say to, it, to us again, God requires us to do it. These prayers, how do I say this? It's not just Christian habit. Do you understand? No, it's a requirement from the Lord so that what he wants to do on earth will be done. It's a requirement from the Lord. That's the way by which we walk with him so that what he, want, what he wants to do in our lives will be done. He reveals his will and he says, turn my will into a prayer. And Jesus said, pray like this, thy will be done. Do you understand that? Please, that's what we must bear in mind. These are crucial things. I pray Christians will understand. I will talk about it in a moment. Let's just quickly read this. Um, Psalm 67, are you there? The Lord is good. All right, let's read from the bottom of our hearts. One, two, let's go. God, be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Verse 2, that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations of the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Let's read verses five, 6 and 7 again. Oh, no, let's start from verse 5. 
Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Amen. Amen. That's the glory of God. Do you understand that? Democracy does not bless us. Do you get the point? APC doesn't bless us. PDP has never blessed us. I hope you're getting my point. The military has never blessed us. Democracy has never blessed America. So let's not get confused. Who blesses us? Who blesses us? Who blesses us? Yes. So that's what we are saying. We are giving him the glory for all the blessings we have ever experienced. Nigeria army does not protect the territory of Nigeria. Who does it? God. The police does not protect you. Who does it? God. Doctors don't heal us. Who does it? God. Farmers don't provide for us. Who does it? God. It is God, our God, that blesses us. Verse 7 again, one to let's go. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Do it again. That all the ends of the earth may fear. One more time. God blesses us. That all the ends of the earth may fear him. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. Quickly, let's declare our declaration of understanding and then we'll take our seats. One, two, let's go. And the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding as a result of this. I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my heart to His Word. What is entering my heart? It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more, more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. The word of healing is coming again today. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. We have been talking about the kingdom of God and the glory of Christ for a while. And we are coming to the end of that short series. It's our school of prayer anyway, so we'll continue to pray. We can stay on that particular subject for as long as possible. Because Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to get tired. Let me say it again. Why does he say that? Because... There's a tendency to get tired. That's one. Number two, the thing is a long journey. Do you get my point? If every time you ask for something, you got the answer immediately, that, the Lord will never have said that, trust me. He will never have said that. He normally commands against the things that are likely to happen. Do you understand my point? Yes. So when he said men ought always to pray and not to faint, what he was saying is that the tendency for people is to discontinue praying and then that would be because they've gotten tired of praying. Why would they get tired? It is simply because it's taking a while. The thing they are praying about is taking a while to be accomplished. That's one. And then you find out that they now start to, because of that, their hope that is deferred. The heart does what? It starts fainting. So men, instead of continuing to pray, they start fainting. Please, let's bear it in mind. That tells us that prayer requires persistence. We are repeating this thing again and again. And when the Bible talks about vain repetition, I said vain repetition does not apply to when you are praying the word of God. That is, you are taking God's words to him in prayer. And we saw from that book of Isaiah in chapter 62 that God said this is what I will do 
on your walls, O Jerusalem. What did he say? I have set what? Watchmen. And what did the watchmen do? He said, let's let just get there. We keep on reminding the Lord day and night, and they don't take any rest for themselves. Why will you need rest? Because you are getting tired. He said, they will not take any rest. Jesus was saying the same thing that Isaiah prophesied here, that men ought always to pray. So he said, on your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night, they will never keep silent. He said, you who remind the Lord, those are the watchmen, take no rest for yourselves. That's your assignment as watchmen. What does it mean to be a watchman? It means we are watching. All right? What they do, they watch and then take the discrepancy between what they are seeing and what the Lord has spoken. They take it to the Lord in prayer. He said, you who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. I want to summarize everything we have been teaching. Okay, just to kind of repeat what we said last time, and then maybe extending the bit, and then get back into praying. He said they would give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. This is a problem. Well, one of the problems in Christianity, a major problem is self-focus. I don't want to use the word self-centered. It's the same thing anyway, but I want to bring it in, um, in the context of prayer. Self-focus is a problem of Christianity. Focus on self. I said it last time, we need to reactivate that doctrine again. Dying to self. What happened at the time is that we threw away, uh, you know, the Bible said it's good to lay hold of one and not let go of the other. When the, some new doctrines came in, they were not wrong. It's just that sometimes it's like when you see a coin, you know, one side looks different from the other, right? But there are two sides of the same coin. So a doctrine will come in, people will take the old one because it looks different, and then throw it away. Instead of looking for how to reconcile both. One of the things I like about that book, um, Grace to Prosper. Christians oftentimes we forget um, or we um, ignore to learn how to combine two things that may look as if they are opposed to each other. And we should learn that it's an important discipline. The coin has two different sides, but they are constantly stuck to each other. And without one side, the other side is totally incomplete and the coin will be useless. So that's how it is with spirituality. So in the book, there's a chapter on the vow of prosperity and there's a chapter on the vow of poverty. And I said a Christian should take both vows. You should take both vows. Does it not appear as if you're, you're contradicting yourself? All right? Once you say take a vow of poverty, okay, I've taken, say, no, I take the vow of prosperity. How can you do that? It's because it's, it's actually very possible. If you understand poverty in the context in which the Lord Jesus talks about it, and if you understand prosperity in the context in which the Lord Jesus talks about it, that is, somebody can be abundantly provided for, which is a vow I said you should take to believe God for that, and yet own nothing, which is the other side of it, that is the vow of poverty. So that if they come to you today, say, sell all you have. Eh, well, what is the problem? I will remain the same, even though things are, they seem to be changing outwardly. That's the point we are making. Okay, so Christians must learn to combine both. So back to where we began this from. When did some doctrines began to come, like this doctrine of prosperity and all of that, the concept of dying to self, we threw it away. And before we knew what was happening, we had enthroned self. We had enthroned self. Most of the things we teach now and call faith, unfortunately, is nothing but self-enthronement. 
is nothing but self-enthronement. And that's what we call faith. We just have enthroned ourselves. We have enthroned our desires. We go to lend the word so as to use to acquire things. We don't lend faith so as to use to let go of things. Faith is not supposed to be used to acquire. We use faith now to amass on the earth. And sometimes people come to church and testify about, praise God. If you know how much I have amassed on this earth. And I keep on saying, God will not say because he's the one that gave you something. That when judgment comes against wealth stored on the earth, it will not affect you. It will. It will in fact, if it affects you, that is, it can, it can affect you physically. If it starts affecting you emotionally and spiritually, it shows that it needs to affect you. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Did you catch that? If you're really detached from it, it won't bother you. If it starts disturbing you, then God needed to judge that thing. It's so important, interesting the way the Lord works there. God can bless you, you know. But what, you know what he does sometimes? He brings you a point in which you don't care about the blessing anymore. Then he pours the blessing. As long as it's a prayer point, Father, bless me, bless me. He will be waiting. He will be there waiting. He will be there waiting. What he did with Abraham, we should all learn it. He blessed Abraham so much until Abraham could give up any blessing. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Again, catch what I tried to say. There's there a twist to it. The blessing he gave Abraham was spiritual. The real blessing that he gave to Abraham was spiritual. The real blessing was faith. The real blessing was Abraham's vision into the realm of the spirit. The real blessing was Abraham's ability to see 4,000 years down the line. The real blessing was Abraham's ability to look into the heavens and see what God prepared for him. So much that he did not need to hold anything on the earth. The real blessing was Abraham's absolute trust in God. That was what God built in Abraham. The real blessing was not Isaac. The physical Isaac. The real blessing was not the physical nations of the earth. The real blessing was not wealth that he had at that time. Yeah, and he had plenty of it. Don't get me wrong. He had gold. He had silver. He had donkeys. He had horses. He had sheep. He had farms. He had servants in his house. He could muster up hundreds of people that were working for him, living under his cover to go to battle. He could. But that was not the real blessing. The real blessing was that he understood God so much that when God said to him, go and offer Isaac, is the son of promise, who had grown up now, ready to start walking in that, walking in that promise, go and offer him as a burnt offering. He took the son and he went and did it without hesitation. Sometimes we think he was hesitating. He said, he, look, what I understand now, he wasn't hesitating. The only thing he needed to be sure of was who said it. I hope you're getting my point. That's the only thing he needed to be sure of who said it. Once he knew it was the Lord, that was the real blessing, the ability to let go. So what happened with faith is that many of us, of course, childhood faith is what we practice. Our faith is used to collect Isaac, but Isaac must never go. Our faith is used to go to battle against the kings that conquered the king of Sodom, then collect all the goods and come home, and then come to church and testify. If you know how much I got from that battle, if you know how much I got from that battle, the Lord is good. Unfortunately, we enthrone that kind of faith, which only ends with what I got. That's why I, I, I said something the other time that, look, because sometimes people don't realize it. 
I, I hear it all the time. You know, I, I watch people preach. Sometimes I see people, uh, very common on Christian TV, they want to, want to start raising money. They start, oh, my Father in heaven. When they start again, you know, you just be embarrassed for God. And what causes it? The focus, the focus most times is what you are going to get. If you can just activate this blessing right now, from next week, your life won't be the same again. And that's what makes it wrong. Spiritual truth is interesting. Somebody can utter a word, all the letters will be almost accurate. Then just look at the end. That's what you should check. Where is the ending? Is it the interest of man or the interest of God? That would be the only thing. 99% of the words you have been checking, very accurate. Everything. These are principles. They teach you one principle, how to pray, how to give, how to confess, and all of them are accurate. They just check one thing. What's the interest? That's the only way the problem is. The interest of man versus the interest of God. You get my point. You know, <laughs> I was thinking about it today. We were studying the scriptures in the house. That, that rich ruler came to Jesus Christ. He said, what do I need to do to gain eternal life? And Jesus told him, you know the story. All right? <laughs> and I said, one thing you still lack. What, he said, what do I still lack? Jesus said, go and sell all you have and give to the poor. Then you come and follow me. Of course, what Jesus was telling him is that I'm eternal life. Now, this is where I'm going. Do you know, Jesus said something to him. He said, you know what to do like. You've done it now. You've done it your way. What has it produced? If you look at the way Jesus spoke about it, you've, you've kept the commandments. This guy said, I have done all of these things. Now, this is where I'm, where I'm going. And it has produced for me. It, ah, it has produced. But in the midst of everything, it doesn't give me eternal life. So Jesus now said, okay, no, now, no problem. Now that you have seen that the real aim of this is not these material things. Let the things go. Ah, the guy said, no, this is what my righteousness has produced for me. It's not going anywhere. Many people are walking by faith. The day God makes a demand, they will walk away. They claim to be walking by faith. But the day God really makes that demand of them, they will walk away. Because the object of their faith was never right. Or should I say, this is the object of the subject. But the aim, anyway, the aim was never correct. The aim was give until you prosper. The day you want to collect that prosperity, they are going to walk away. And that's why people get disappointed. I have done this, I have done this, and God has not done anything. We have preached to them like that, which is very unfortunate. And when Jesus was going to teach us, he says, seek First, that's why I went into all of that, just to remind us. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Again, motives count with God. He was not saying, seek it so that all other things will be added unto you. That is where I've had disagreements with people for over 30 years. I mean it in literal terms. For over 30 years, I've been having these arguments once in a while. Now, people don't argue with me anymore, you know. When you have argued for so long, you now graduate from arguing. I thank the Lord for it. Now, what I mean is this. I know, I mean, very few people, no, most people know my opinion, and very few people will be willing to come up and come and challenge some of those opinions, even when I'm wrong, and which, thank God, I'm not. <laughs> you, you gave me the joke there. All right, what I'm going to say is that, but those are the people you have to, you know, like, what is the issue? No, God said we should give so we can get. I said no. They quote for you. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good pressure, measure, press down, shaking together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. 
He's just so sparingly he keep quoting all those scriptures. And that's what the way they used to confuse people. At the end of the day, that's where the problem is. Enter into the temple and let's see the end of these things. Are you getting my point? They say give and it shall be given unto us. I say there's a difference between give and it shall be given. And give so that it can be given. There's a world of difference. The aim matters. The Lord says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things shall be added. He wasn't saying, seek those, the, the, the kingdom of God and his righteousness so that the other things may be added. What he was saying, the, the tone, the, the heart that he had concerning it is that, listen, don't worry about other things. That's what he was saying. Just focus on seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It is not a method of getting other things. He was trying to say the focus on other things is irrelevant, is unnecessary. Other things will come as needed. You will never be in lack. Your bread will be provided you. Your water will be sure. That's what Isaiah said. He said, don't, do you get my point? He's like, don't worry about that one. But we want to worry about it, then use his method. We say, Lord, I have sought the kingdom. I have sought the righteousness. Now it's your turn to add other things. By doing that, they have ruined the whole thing. The purpose is now wrong. You know the truth? They were never seeking the kingdom. They were never seeking his righteousness. They were seeking other things. The kingdom was a step towards what they were really seeking. Let me say it to you again. If you are one of those still giving to get in 2021, you are really stubborn. No? You are very stubborn. That's not what I want to say. Oh, I'm just shocked that people are still doing it. You know, that you, you know, as it happened to you, you're somebody smoking. Yeah? People see smoke. I don't know what I get. <laughs> no, think about it. When I see somebody smoking, you walked around. It's not common. No? It's not. So occasionally you run into somebody. Recently, where was I? Somebody was smoking. I'm looking at the guy like, no, like, do they say make you? You out of fashion, you know, like old fashioned. Like you go to the shop now and I say, Nokia 1110. You know, you're like, ah, do they still make this phone? I look at the guy like, what? So sometimes you look at Christians who are still giving to get, ah, like your type, you still exist. I thought as a body where I'd grown these things. I thought we don't do it anymore. They're still calculating 10% so that God will rebuild the divorce. I said, what? In 2021? Where did you come from? Did they bury you all this while that God was educating us? You are still lifting up your tight card when you want to pray. Ah, you're like, where have you been? We left all this foolishness long ago. God delivered us from this confusion. We stopped it long ago. You are still here. Anyway, now let me now say the main thing I wanted to say. You know, I said that one. It just shocks me that people are still like that. If you are like that, you are not a giver. That's what I'm going to say. You're a confused soul. You need deliverance through the entrance of knowledge. Yes, you need deliverance through the entrance of knowledge. One young woman, I like her story, <laughs> tell you once in a while. You know, from her, you know, um, auditorium where we used to be. Is how she stood in front of me like this. I said, remember, I was standing like this that day. And I was looking at the girl, the young woman. And in my mind, what? One of the things I've told, I told my wife this about two, two, two three days ago. I said, part of my problem in this life is that I just assume that people know 
more than they actually do. That day she was talking, I was looking at her like, I was just confused. I said, what? She said she gave all her one year's NYC allowance out until she was suffering. So I said, why? She said, they told us that is how to prosper. I felt pity for her. You know what they call pity? So I told her, I said, God has answered. God has seen your seed. He has seen your offerings. He has seen your sacrifices. So he has now multiplied it back to you. And I, Pastor Van Gee, I am the answer. <laughs> this is your fruit. God sent you today so I can minister his answer to you. What is the answer? My sister, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> uh, no, that is, don't try to, that's, that's fruit. That is fruit. No, Cornelius was doing everything. The angel said, Cornelius, do. Don't be salvation. He said, salvation, sir. He said, it's not like this. <laughs> what they are doing is good, but salvation does not come from it. How does it come? You need to know somebody. So send for Peter. So that day, the Holy Spirit sent her to me. Say, come and stand here. She came for a meeting a number of times, and I explained to her, I said, my sister, it doesn't work like that. The truth that she was never a giver. Is, oh, she gave until she, she told me that she suffered. He said, sir, I suffered. That she won't have food to eat. Ha! Huh. That day I was thinking about it. I said, we pastors, and we run some rackets, my God. Yeah, yeah, we, we, have, we have some rackets going. Did they go go answer? Eh? God, please, we'll take us small, small. Just give us hunger back. Don't, don't do more than that. She said that one day the pastor preached, that she got some money. It was her birthday. And the pastor now preached. And said, except he pains you. So the target was the pain. So this young woman endured pain for 12 months for nothing. He said, except he pains you. Because I cannot give to God that which costs me nothing. Take the scripture totally out of context. You know, some, just, just by the way, I thought you want to start doing something. Eh? Just ask yourself, who do I before me for Bible? The David you are quoting, that thing that he was saying, did it cost him till he almost died? A few bulls and a few goats and not much. He was just saying, I want to go and be, I want to give an offering. It cannot be your offering. That's all he was saying. That's what he was saying. That our oh, God want to give a sacrifice. Now we sin now. He wasn't saying, man, this thing cost me. It cost me a lot. He didn't say so. He said, listen, thank you for your kindness. I want to give an offering. It cannot be your offering. It has to be mine. It has to come out of my pocket, not out of your pocket. It's a simple thing. But we twist it until people get confused. So if you have a hundred thousand naira, and you give ten thousand. They say, you have not given up. It is not costing you yet. Listen, even if it's five kobo, it costs you. As long as it's your money. Even if it's two naira, that costs you. If you don't believe it, go to the bank. Deposit a hundred thousand. Let the cashier finish counting it, and it's nine, nine. <laughs> and it's two, two, two naira short. So you go push it back to your guy, your money is not complete. So if, if maybe you're on your way to the bank, you stop by a church, you give 2000 out of 100000 and they say, it didn't cost you. Go there, see whether the cashier will say, oh, guy, it didn't cost you at all, your money is still complete. Of course he won't say that, he won't say that. That's what David was saying. But let me sit on the main thing. The main thing is that when we practice that, we are not givers, and God will not bless it. No matter how painful it is, we are not givers. Let me say it again. If you are like that, you are not a giver. God doesn't love what you are doing. 
You don't qualify for that scripture. God loves a cheerful giver. Why? You are not a giver. You're only a giver when the giving is the end, as far as you are concerned. Yes. It is not a reward. Once you are thinking of the reward, you are an investor. You are a business person. You are not a giver. That young woman with all the suffering she suffered, take my word for it, she got nothing. Eh, I'm not joking, though. Why would I joke about it? You know what she got? As far as God was concerned, zero, nothing. It was not acceptable. The only reason why God will hear is out of pity. You know, that, you know, pity. Like I felt pity for her that day. It's the same way God felt pity for her. Say, why is this girl suffering for nothing? She won't get anything. Why? The motive was totally wrong. It was wrong 100%. In fact, many of us don't realize she was insulting the Lord. That God won't do anything for me until I've done for him. How will I feel if I get home today, this night, my son is cleaning my car, very inside out, enter my room. My daughter has entered the place, vacuumed everywhere, arranged everything prim and proper. The whole house is clean. You know, I'll be happy initially. Wow. Then I come back tomorrow. As soon as I park the car, two of them jump inside the gate. They've cleaned everywhere, removed every speck of dust. Cleaned every... Ah, I say, oh boy, in a car wash, they my house. Then I now overhear them talking to one of their friends. So you guys are working hard, though. Clean every door for your dad. Say, you no, know, school fees is next week. How will I feel? Think about it. And I said, well, you know, next week is school fees. So we have to do this so you can bring out money. But one of them says that, you know, my birthday just in two weeks' time. So I intend to go and ask him to buy me something on my birthday. So all of this is my birthday. If I overhear that, please, how will I feel? You know, my excitement, eh? We just drop. All the while I've been thinking that, see, ah, look at the kind of children I have. My God, Father, I think I've been worshiping. I'll go back to the place of prayer. Say, Lord, look at the kind of children I have. You know, before I came, Lord, look at the kind of children I have. This time I'll go back, Lord, look at the kind of children I have. That's why I say boldly again. That young woman got nothing. They're insulting the Lord on a daily basis. He can't prosper me until I suffer from giving. We have messed up the giving principle. Giving must be motivated by love. Yes, it must be. Love for God, love for people, love for the gospel, a sense of responsibility. Please, I can't say this enough. You know why we keep on saying it? You'll be amazed what you go preach, preach, preach. What people do, eh? You almost collapse. Say, ah, I thought I've been teaching this person for some time. I know some people know. Let me tell you another thing what they do. I was want to hear. Shall I tell you? So that you won't be heartbroken when you see it. They, they twist one particular scripture, take hold of one, and not let go of the other. <laughs> Finish preaching like this tomorrow. They say, we have heard Pastor Bankyo. But let's see so just in case. <laughs> yes. Then they kill both. The seed does not work. This one does not. None, none works. Choose you this day whom you will serve. <laughs> Do you get my point? <laughs> yes, which doctrine are you going to hold on to? You can't be holding them halfway. Open your hand. Let God teach you for goodness sake. You t- they will hear you like, hear everything. Then somebody say, no, covetousness, not let people hear anyway. Because when the man starts promising, 
You are going to get, look, listen. The Lord said he wants to reward some people in dollars. You know, people that cannot identify foreign currency, they, they will jump to the front. They say, give in dollars so you can receive in dollars. I hope you don't believe that nonsense. I hope you don't believe that nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. The currency you give in does not determine how much the currency God will give back to you. Let me say it again. If you hear anybody preach it, say, tell the person, Pastor Banks, you are preaching nonsense. That you are making mockery of spiritual truth. One day somebody, I think it was my, I think, was it, anyway, somebody gave us a gift in the house this was years ago. I think it was my son's dedication or something, you know. Came, visited, ah, you know, gave you an envelope, opened it, ah, see dollars inside. One, one dollar. <laughs> so don't, don't think that. When you say dollar, there's one dollar. Maybe like 10 of it, that was long ago. And I said, ah, let's not say something. I look, I said, God, Christians have really gone mental. It was a seed into my life. So when God wants to bless him back, he will, he will produce it. Uh-huh. And then God will not change that dollar to 100, 100. That's, that's divine mockery. What did I call it? I'm mocking God. You are treating him like a machine, doesn't think. They can't do calculations. I hear Christians say things like, I gave out sauce. God began to give me sauce. I say, my friend, shut up! Shut up! I hear that nonsense all the time. Christians preach that rubbish. It gets on my nerves. One time I gave out ties. People began to give me ties. I said, eh? So what did you now do? Build a house of ties? <laughs> you know, how God? <laughs> I don't understand. Listen, those doctrines are not true. They are not Christian. Let's, let's call it speed is speed. I'm not trying to be nice. They are not true. You say it works. That's your problem. Did I say it didn't work? I said it's not true. True and it works are two different things. Truth is that it is in alignment with the principle of Christ in your life. That's what I call truth. Show me in scripture where God didn't have enough sense to know what you need. He can only replace what you gave. Maybe I dash one time. When I do see me wearing a tie. In the last one year, I've worn a tie once. Once. So I now give out somebody. I now give a tie to somebody. God now give me 200 ties. I said, God. You know, I was asking Papa God, please. Don't you come to church? Don't you see how I dress? Nothing wrong with ties, but why didn't you just give this to this, give my ties to this bro, bro over here? He's wearing a tie. He needs more, more ties, amen? As for me, you know where to go. Go and see my tailor. <laughs> say, my son sold the number of ties. I want to tie his neck with correct design. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you hear some doctrines there. You don't look at Christians and say, don't you think? Okay, because you don't think, you think our father does not think? That's, you know, Christians. I, was, I think I needed to help some people. That's why, because this was supposed to just a too many thing. When we put ourselves as the end, when we put ourselves as a focus, once all these are spiritual principles for our own personal benefit, we will believe lies. We believe things are inaccurate. We believe things that cannot possibly be true, be true if somebody were to think. Just by the way, if you are thinking, Pastor Bank, so if I give tie, God won't give me a tie back. No, he will not. In fact, he won't give you anything back. You get nothing back. That seed is rotten. Has no life in it. The moment you planted it, it died. Imagine you want to go and go to, you know, it's like you went to the farm to plant corn. 
Your child did not know you were to plant it to the, plant it the next day, so he started boiling it. The mother said, no, 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 that's for planting, so he quickly dried it for you. Then they said, they don't boil your <laughs> But of course, when they dried it, you, you traveled, so when they came back, the whole thing was dry. They even used the oven to quickly dry and small, so you came, touched it, the seed was dry. He started planting. You don't know all the, all the embryo inside. <laughs> you don't cook them. <laughs> Dead. That's what many of us do. When we so, so-called give. Dead seeds. Dead seeds. Seeds without life. Seeds that have no life in them. Seeds that are given because what they will get. Dead spiritually. Yeah, I know most of us go to churches every Sunday. We hear the opposite. But I'll still tell the truth so that the Lord will not hold me responsible. Your pastor that will be suffering his own suffering. I'm on my own. I'm free. I'm free of every man's blood and every man's money. If you cannot detach yourself away from what you have given, you are not a giver. You will get nothing. Again, let me take a moment and explain it. Listen. Every seed has its own proper soil. Did you get what I said? Every seed has its proper soil. Physical things cannot be planted in a spiritual soil. The principle of giving and receiving is a spiritual principle. So you cannot plant physical seeds into it. If you want to plant your corn, your maize, all right, or your rice, you want to broadcast rice, you want to plant cassava, the stems, you want to put your yam sets into the ground, you want to plant your yam sets, you don't give them as offerings. You put them into the earth. Will it make sense for you to come to church with a sack full of cassava cuttings? You know what they call cassava cutting, the stems. And that's how they plant cassava. Some people don't know. Cassava doesn't have seed, though. <laughs> Let's tell people now. All these people streaming from Lagos. Some of them think that you, you plant grain of Gary. <laughs> then you shake the powder from the tree. Sorry, I love you. <laughs> I've seen some of them before. They don't know. When they see Gary like that, they think that you spread Gary on the ground. Then you grow it. Then when you shake it, Gary powder. <laughs> A lot is good. So, you know, you're all laughing. The people that don't know about cassava cutting, they're just smiling. <laughs> Say, thank God. The stem of cassava is what you plant, okay? You usually cut it to something like one foot each, all right? And then you dig it into the, uh, the ground. Then it will, it will sprout. Um... Why are you looking like you don't know it? Don't you know it? Ah, just look like you know it now. <laughs> So now sprout um, uh, roots, then the leaves begin to bud, and then it will grow. I feel like teaching a Greek. Cassava is root. When that root matures, it's what you dig up and collect. Okay? Uh-huh. So imagine you bring cassava cuttings to church. As Pastor Kimote is preaching. So today we are going to take a special offering. Whatever you want God to multiply, you come bring your cassava cuttings. <laughs> we now plant on the altar. Let me ask you, with all the anointing he has, what will he tell you? Bros, come. <laughs> plant. You know, we pastor, we're very, very funny, we're very cunning. When it is cassava, we will not collect. If it's money, we will collect. And say to multiply. Why can't the cassava multiply in our hands? It's only cash that can multiply. Let me not say more than that. I felt like cutting out something. If it really works, why don't you collect mango? <laughs> mango seed. Collect it now. Why is it only money seed they collect? 
What are you? Christ Commercial Bank. You know why we don't collect cassava seed? It doesn't work. <laughs> because the seed we plant, one want more cassava. It's the stem. But because we cannot eat the stick, we now realize that it does not work. So as you drop your cassava cutting, I'm going to tell you, bros, after service, see me. Come. In the name of Jesus Christ, I will lay hands on you. Wherever you plant this thing, it will germinate. They will tell you to go carry it to your farm. Do you know why? Because the church, the spiritual realm, is not the soil for cassava cotton. In the same manner, it is not the soil for rice, uh, grains, what to plant in rice. In the same manner, it is not the soil for cowpeas, beans. It is not the soil for mango seed. In the same manner, it is not the soil for money. Just like the physical loamy soil. We don't like sandy soil. We like loamy soil. Do you remember you are Greek? That's rich in humus. Not too wet. That's where you want your corn to enter into. In the same manner, when you want to multiply money directly, you will go to the market. You will buy, uh, you will buy plenty Go and buy rolls of material. Then come and cut it small, small and resell to us. Your money will multiply. Open a shop. Put it there. Anointed moi moi. Use that money. Buy beans. Blend it. Mix it with oil, pepper, salt, and all the other things necessary. And put pieces of fish inside it. And wrap it in green leaves. Cook it for some 40 minutes, 45 minutes, then bring it out for us, and we'll give you 100 to 200 naira a wrap. That is how money multiplies. I hope you're getting my point. You do business with money. That is the soil for money to multiply. Not in the offering basket. Don't be silly. If, if the offering basket multiplied everything, why don't you put your cassava stem inside why did you not? Why did you carry it to the farm? Why did Pastor Okemute reject it if he was so anointed to multiply anything? Shemi is a man of God. He's trying to bring every kind of seed. Why did he knock? You know what happened one day? I'm going to mention the person's name. The guy is very wicked. He knows I'm talking about him right now. He's looking at me. He's hoping I won't say it, but I will say it. He went to church. One anointed apostle came and said, you will go home and bring what is most precious to you. And you give it to God. They didn't know the kind of odd creature that God has all kinds of children. This one, he had television, he didn't bring it. You know his reason? He said, television is not the most precious thing to me. I can get another one. He had clothes, he did not bring them. He said, clothes are not the most precious thing to me. I can buy more. He had rice, he had beans. He said, these things are not most precious. He said, what is the most precious thing to me? Oh, mm. The guy is a strange human being. He hunted a rare snake long ago. <laughs> and he removed the skin of the snake. You know the way snake skins? Processed it and used it to decorate his house. He said, for all the things inside this house, the one that will pain me the most 
You see, if I lose this, my trophy. You know what that's called a trophy? Yes. My trophy from hunting in the Sambisa forest. And the guy carrying his snake skin. He's <laughs> in this hall right now. He's amongst people laughing. I just will not mention his name. If you want to know who it is, see me at the end of the day. I shall point him out to you. Oh boy. Now the guy wrapped snake skin in an African church. <laughs> if you wanted to give snake skin, go to a European church. Go to Americans. No, me, 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 what is this way? African church. To make it worse, he did not explain himself. He just wrapped it, put it on free basket. <laughs> When ushers brought it out, ah! <laughs> every man miss. Please, why you want to give things like that? Please, give it next time you go to America. Because if it's America, we know what to do with it. We auction it. We'll probably make a thousand dollars from it. But in Africa, please don't bring the witches from your father's village to our church services. But you know why he did that? He was being honest. The man said, what is most precious to you? And he looked at this house. said, this is the thing that when I give to God, me and God will not talk for three days. It's so precious. (laughs) Let's be honest. I've said what I've said and it's very true. Offering basket is not the place to plant money seed. You want to plant money seed? Go and open a shop. Okay, you can't open the shop, give to somebody who can share the profit. That's a money seed. What do we plant in church? You want to know? I'll tell you. We plant love. We plant honor. We plant faithfulness. So how do I plant that? Sometimes it is as money. I hope you're getting my point. So if I come and say, brethren, we're going to go on TV to cover this area next week and our bill it's going to be 600000 a month. And if God has blessed you, please join those who will be sponsoring it. And you say, sir, you are saying if we paid just 600000 we'll cover this area with this life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ? And I say, yes. Say, sir, I don't have too much money. Please put me down for 20000 naira. And then we'll gather 600000 naira. We start broadcasting and we start getting testimonies. And then life starts changing. And you start nodding and say, Wow. Thank you, Jesus, that this gospel is moving. I hope you're getting my point. Then that your money becomes a spiritual seed. Are you seeing it? It becomes a spiritual seed. Why? You are seeing the reward of the travail of your soul. And that one is satisfying you. I come and tell you, I present something that, you know, is like a need in somebody's life, in the life of the church. And you say, how bad? This thing, how much money are we talking about? And this one is going to keep somebody from making progress? Sir, I don't have the whole money, but this is my own portion of it. And many of you know here, I announced some years ago, I, told, I said I was going to take, how many has I made? Like three announcements. Because we went to a church where they were preaching the word of God, the true word of God. And they were meeting in a zinc bacha, in Enugu. 
And they are reaching the kind of people that you and I normally wouldn't even preach to. They were not speaking English, nor our local language here. And these people decided to gather and minister to them. And the day we visited, we saw like 200 people in a church. And they were all under a zinc, we know it called zinc butcher. So a little bit of heat, they can't stay inside there. So we told them, if you guys have a piece of land, we can raise men that will put a building up for you. So we began to work with them. And I sent messages around to you know, I was hey, hey, all of you are driving five cars. Send me money. And each time they hear it, in fact, there's one of the brothers, he will call and say, Oga Alpha. I had to tell him, it's enough. He said, is there any, I said, no, 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 wait. For certain reasons, we can't spend more money now. Because, you know, he just looked at his bar. How can I dwell in my paneled house when the house of God, what's the house of God, people? All right? They are meeting in this kind of situation. He said, no. So I sent the people, I sent them money. 500,000, 200,000, 10,000, 1,000, and they sent. And one of our brothers went there and said, yeah, let's start work. And after a while, they had a building with block. It's not a very fine building. But at least, it's no longer a, a bacha. And of course, all the people I spoke to, they, they know, if they gave that money as a seed, I will return it. They saw it like, no, we can't let this. The same people the other day, with, you know, one of our sisters just called me and said, ah, Pastor Banky, that thing you talked about that time, is it still on? I said, for now, it's not on. He said, but I want to. I said, okay, wait. So I told the apostle, was it you or bishop? Okay. So one of our brothers, I said, please call the pastor and say, is there any need they have right now? And the day before, they had just prayed to God. The very day before, or to me, not more than two days. That, as we called on Monday, that weekend, they had prayed to God say, ah, for our outreaches, we need a new projector. So the person working with him said, ah, can we afford it? And that one said, we can pray. So they prayed. They used for outreaches. Two days later, we called and said, please, oh, some people want to know that you need anything. Ah. The man said, this is exactly what we need. And the person who called me sent money. We got our money again, balanced it. To his surprise, two days later, Pastor Kimote went, delivered, you were the one that took it now, delivered the very high-quality, high-definition projector to them, said, use for the, this thing. You can imagine how they were worshipping God. That we prayed this prayer this weekend. As it was hitting heaven, heaven was, the person who called me called from Lagos. That is how people give. This wickedness giving that we do is not right, and Jesus is tired of it. I won't give except I am in need. Nonsense. That's how you've been wasting your money. You don't sow seed. You said, don't tie. Your, your basket of seed is empty. They told you after three weeks, something will come. After three weeks, everything left. One man, they told him that if you sow this seed, your life will change. Your life changed. Next week, accident. Jam a moto. Everybody's sick for house. Admission, admission. Ah, your life will change. Why won't your life change? You know, human beings, they know they're here. Because they have been giving for 10 years before they had me. They don't want the 10 years to lose. Say, Pastor Mark, wants to kill my seed. Your seed was dead before I came into ministry. <laughs> you think I'm the one killing your seed? I'm not the one killing your seed. Your seed has been dead for a long time. I just came to help you bury it. No, not bury it. I'm not burying it for you. I want to show you 
that you are waiting on dead corn to germinate. It ain't going to germinate. Somebody listening to me this evening, go and tear the record, your tight record. Tear it. It belongs in the latrine. Not normal toilet. Not the one they flush with white ceramic. Pit toilet. That tight car, that's where it belongs. The one you begin to harass heaven. Heaven, see my tight car. See, see, we see your foolishness. That's all we see. We see your foolishness. We don't see any other thing. We see your stubbornness. After Pastor Bank is teaching you this thing for a long time. But you want to reap the one you have so you won't reap anything. Keep on sowing. Until we keep on decaying. When Christians give, this is how they give. This, let me tell you about the seed that counts. The seed of love. Paul said to the Corinthians, uh, to the Philippians, I see you have rekindled your love for me. That was it. Not you have rekindled your seed sowing. Say, my God shall supply all your needs, not multiply all your seed. But they first rekindled love for him. Say, I, the Lord, I test the heart. Before I give anyone reward for his work, I ask, why is he doing it? Somebody says, if you give, it, if you give this now, you will multiply it. God says, that's why I will not multiply anything. You don't love me. You don't care about me. All you care about is yourself. Giving to me is a way of caring more about yourself. What are these seeds, financial seeds that really work? Seeds of honor. Like I said to Daddy on radio, every Sunday morning, they come and broadcast the word to you. You have never asked yourself, who's paying for this? Those who are there talking, do they even have a cup of drink to quench their thirst after this one hour of Exacting themselves. These are questions that reasonable people ask. These are questions. Paul said, ah, we bless you with spiritual things. He said, what happened to your material things? You don't know who you should share it to? He said, because we are not asking. Does not mean you have sex in your head. <laughs> Those are the real seeds that, that, that matter. And listen, the people that do the things that count, don't stop to count them. That's what Waloke said to me where I was many years ago. Give to my parents. I give to my, no, I give to people I'm supposed to honor. It has never crossed my mind that God will multiply it. I give to my children. It has never crossed my mind that God will multiply it. What matters to me is that they are blessed. What matters to me is that these children have their needs met. Somebody told me about a Christian, you know, that told me about the issues that they had. I just asked the brother, I said, please, when it's time to solve those issues, do you mind connecting me? That is like, let me use that expression, please. Don't let this blessing pass me by. I'm not being selfish. Now, that's not how I said it to him. I'm just trying to explain the principle. Because it's more blessed to what? Give. Which friend loves you most? Or loves you more? Is it the friend that tells you when better they happen? Come and collect. Or the one that tells you when there's a need to meet and he calls you? The Bible says it's more blessed to what? Give than to receive. So the person who gives you the opportunity to give actually is doing more good for you than the person who gives you opportunity only to receive. So that's why sometimes when opportunities come, 
I just tell people, I don't pressure anybody. The one I was telling you about that time, I said at that time, we were sitting at our former venue, that I was going to take the announcement only three times. And if you know me, I don't promise anybody any, anything. Because I, my major reason is not because God does not bless people in return, but I don't want those blessing seekers to follow me. Although, you know, once, once we drive into my compound, eh? The dog, if you like, keep one piece of bone under your driver's seat. As soon as you park, this dog will locate it. If I carry my bag, if that bag mistakenly sat beside a plate of rice in the office, the guy will sniff the background. Oh boy, where you keep the thing? I'll bring it out. I say, oh boy, we chopped it in the office. I didn't bring any for you. So that's the reason, just by the way. If I, if I eat chicken outside, you won't know. You say, this old guy, ha, he's carrying even the bone. I know why. If it's in my office, I've chopped the chicken. If it's big, I leave the bone intact, wrap it inside. It. I wonder why I shook it inside my bag. See, as long as you do that, believe me, I do. <laughs> once I'm heading for home, I know what I'm going. Because once they open, because my dog is a very interesting dog, he would, he is coming, he will know you ate chicken. He knows. So you have to re- explain why he didn't get his portion. So the way I do that, once I just come out, just bring that wrap. Give the, the guy like, hey, correct that D, you know? Because... Don't worry, those who, who have dogs, they understand. Once you pick that bone like that, they just know. They are, say, what breed is it? Hey, that's what you've been discussing. There are Christians like that. What they are doing sniffing out. Where's the blessing? I don't want them to follow me. They, they are not looking for where, where is the giving. Where do we collect? That's why I don't make any promises. I said, Christians be responsible. That time I said I was taking an announcement only three times. So every Saturday for three consecutive Saturdays, we took the announcement. Okay, we also took okay, three weeks. I think we also took it during the week. I can't remember. During our school of prayer, like today. And told people, please, prepare an offering. It's an offering. What an offering? Something you offer up. Apostle, stop calling it a seed. Not prepare a seed. Because this is why you say seed. Christians, eh? What they are thinking of is harvest. <laughs> I said, prepare an offering. The work of God somewhere needs to be done. And I promise nobody anything. And let's give God the glory. Brethren rose to the occasion. They gave, gave, sent money. They, everywhere I posted it, some people responded. And some responded beyond. I said, the brother I was asking me, he said, oh God, how far now? But one day I sent him a picture, a video of the people in worship. He said, that's the building. Ah, he was like, okay, this one is not there. This one is not there. I said, no, no, you do it. there's a reason why these things are not there. You know, his own was like, okay, please, just give the word that servant will send 500K. I was then say, wait, 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 wait. Don't send any money. Don't send any money. I had to explain to him why those things were not there, that we have a, a particular arrangement. Unless we cross that hurdle, we can't invest more money. That was when he calmed down. That's how to give. What did I say? Apostle, we have finished that one. Let's not go back to where we began from. All of this was to say one thing. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. I was trying to say, we seek first the kingdom of self. We seek first our own preservation. Even when we are seeking the kingdom many times, there's a way for that other things. Our focus is not on the kingdom. And it is not right. 
I just wanted to explain that one again, but I now got carried into these things, and I believe that the Lord was trying to help people. So that's why I did not interrupt it. So let's remember it, not only in our efforts, but in our prayers, the kingdom must be first. And we have been saying that God has glory for Christ. And he reveals his glory in his will. And he says what you should do, what we, I, I must do, what we all must do as believers is to turn those things to prayer points. And the one that is in my heart, and I believe is by the Spirit, is so hot in my heart these days, is that the glory of Christ Jesus will be returned in the working of miracles at the mention of the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, that that name will be glorified again. Please, you need to pray that prayer. It's important. Wake up in the morning, pray it. At night, pray it. Like I said, see, prayer is not how complex your words are or the power with which you speak the tongues. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is where is your heart? What's your real desire? Are you happy with the negative, you know? You, you were talking about, um, Pastor Kimothy was preaching earlier about something about the church, you know, having the negative, um, you know, people having a negative view of the church. Are you happy with it? Sometimes we brag as if they don't understand us. Listen, that's not that. Look, they, they, they understand more than we realize. We are the ones that become so blind. That our glory is now our shame. That the things we should be ashamed of, we are bragging on them. And God uses the word sometimes to call us to order. We don't realize it. We should be sad. It should break your heart. You must understand something. God, that's what God checks you. What's your heart feeling like? You know one reason? Now, you may say Abraham prayed and all of that. But the reason why God spared Lot was because his heart never agreed with Sodom. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. He called him righteous Lot. He was being tormented day and night by the things happening around him. His heart. It's important that you are tormented by some things. And what I'm emphasizing, again, you know, the the Christian heart has been dedicated to the Lord. Do you know what I said? The Christian heart has been dedicated to the Lord. So you learn to feel what God feels. What do I mean by that? Don't let man sway you and they occupy your heart with things that don't bother God. Sometimes you look at the, the world's political system, the, the nation's political system, and you are pained. And God said, that is what's bothering me. You are checking how fair has distribution of offices been. And God asks you, he said, how come only northerners, under Buhari, only northerners occupy key positions in the security, what do they call them? Apparatus, yes, of the, of the country. How come? I might say it's good, I might say it's bad, I don't know, but it doesn't bother God. I can assure you of that one. That one don't, don't, don't question me, I'm telling you. The Lord doesn't really care. You are the one that is concerned because you think that uh, in case of in case city. The Lord really doesn't care. You know why he doesn't care? He said, it doesn't stop me from protecting you. It doesn't stop me from promoting you. If I'm tired of these people you are talking about, crew, 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 one after the other, I remove them from there. So what's all of this? So it doesn't hurt him. It doesn't tell angels, go and check it. It doesn't... <clears throat> 
Some people are bothered. How come one naira? Sorry, one dollar is equal to 580 naira. You know, God said, eh, does it stop me from providing for you? Say the problem you have is your faith. That one doesn't really bother me. Yet we are bothered. And we'll go and pray in the name of Naira Jesus. Naira, reverse. Naira, begin to change. The Lord is just wondering, why? Why? Why should I reverse the Naira? He said, if you need more Naira, pray now. I can reverse the Naira, I can give you more Naira, whichever I want. As long as your needs are met. That's not the issue. I don't know whether you are catching what I'm trying to say. We lay our emphasis on things that the Lord is not even thinking about. Some people have, you know, there are Nigerians concerned about global warming. Do you know that? Global warming. They will be there getting angry. When are we going to go away from diesel to electric, electric cars? Can you imagine as a country of 200 million people, we are still getting most of our energy from burning gas? And they'll go and join Greenpeace. And they can't placard on what God doesn't care about. God the Lord doesn't care. Doesn't care. Because if I, if I want to freeze all of you, <laughs> I blow, I blow once. Everywhere freezes over, over. Then you'll not be bringing out all your gas turbines and your coal fire station. Oh yeah, hit, 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 hit everywhere. I've been telling you, don't follow these people. I'm not saying the climate is not changing. Let me not start there. Because the same argument they are using now was the very same argument they used in the 60s to explain global cooling. Every, they had what they call the mini ice age. Some 100 years down to the 60s ago. And everywhere was getting colder and colder. They say why? They say because we are born in cold. That when the, soot, the smoke goes into the air, it shields out the sun. Everywhere gets cold. He said, don't use cold again. Don't use cold. Everywhere can warm up. Now we start using cold now. You understand? They say, everywhere is warming up because you are burning coal. Basically, you know what it means? They don't know what they are saying. God is not bothered by some things. Then those of us who are so bothered about distribution of appointment into federal offices, security agencies, who are bothered about the value of the naira against the dollar? Who are bothered about global warming? When pastors lie to us in our church on Sundays, it doesn't, we don't shed a tear. It doesn't move us. Don't mind this pastor. You know, like, don't mind these pastors. We don't care. We don't care. When, when our prophet starts doing physical human movements, it doesn't move us. When you can't find, you can't, you tune radio, t- TV, radio to listen to preaching, you hardly hear sound word. We are not bothered. When the, one, some of the most renowned evangelists in Nigeria were fake prophets, people will come and be arguing with me. That can I see somebody is fake? We are not bothered. We want to play safe. Don't let me not just go and call him fake in case he's not fake. It doesn't, it doesn't move us. When we're exporting wizardry and witchcraft to the rest of Africa, we're not bothered. We're just like, as if nothing's happening. Meanwhile, these are the very things that triggered all these insurgencies all over the country. 
witchcraft, idolatry, worship of mammon is the reason why everything you are seeing is happening. We don't like it, but we are not moved. I also know again my point. We spend more energy agreeing with Nam Dekano than we... No, true. You know what I'm talking about. We are more pained about headsmen invasion than we are about falsehood and false doctrines invading in the body of Christ. We are more pained. We are more pained. How many times have you seen a young pastor leave a church because the lies we are telling our church is too much? They tolerate it. The spiritual cover over their head is more important to them than the purity of the word of God. They don't leave. That's what the... That's what the problem is. The things that really bother the Lord, you know, doesn't bother most Christians. We are more bothered about tribal issues, political issues, economic issues. You know, I've been giving this example again and again. That if the time Donald Trump and Joe Biden wanted to run, that's just an example. I'm not an American, an American, just that we know the things of America because of their influence in the world. Okay? I followed Joe Biden, um, uh, um, Donald Trump's campaign when I thought he was joking. Till he won the Republican primaries. Followed his, all the things he did for four years. I noticed some things I didn't like too. Almost all his appointees were white males. Almost all. Just put one token black man who we never, we never, we hardly heard his voice. For the four years, he was in, many people did not even know that Ben Carson was in that cabinet. For your information, Ben Carson endorsed him. You know, Ben Carson ran for presidency. And when he, in fact, there was a time he was leading even in the polls. There was, for a brief period, he was. Then when he began to decline the polls, and when the elections began and he was dropping down, he, I, I watched that one. He took Donald Trump's hand and endorsed Donald Trump. He did. His reason was simple. Donald Trump at least proposed his own Christian values. You can be angry with the man's past life. But currently, Donald Trump was one person that championed the same values that Ben Carson was championing. And when they asked him about racism, he said, look, that, forget the way the man thought. The man is not as bad like that, like that in real life. If you encounter him, that, that's not the way he is. That was his testimony. It was a very mature person. That's um, Ben Carson. He didn't know he was in that cabinet. He was federal minister for housing. That's using Nigerian terminology. Now, I'm going to say something. So, yes, I understand. When they said that the man said, dash whole countries. I believe he said so. Why? Did I hear? No. But because it's just his character, you know. (laughs) It's just like him to say such things. But I noticed some other things. The truth is that the church of God worldwide positively felt his impact. Remember, they were just being hypocritical. I said, how come he was the only one that did that hypocrisy? He's not the first president to claim to be a Christian. But he was the only, he's the first one to do those things that he did. All you need to do was get him to know that some Christians somewhere are suffering. He will answer. The values that the Christians, you know, advocated. He did his best to pass them into laws. Meanwhile, they say it was racist. By today's definition of racism, yes, I believe 
the man is. Now, by the word definition, no, I'm not saying I really, because to me, I don't believe in racism. You know why I don't believe in racism? Because everybody is racist. The people that are shouting racism are some of the most racist human beings. When they don't have race to race, they, tribal, they, they become tribal. When they don't have tribes to fight, they become static. Statism. Ah, don't we all live in Enugu here? Yeah. Am I the only one living in Enugu? And then when they're all from the same state, they look at whose local government are you from? <laughs> then when they're from the same local government, which one is your village? Are you an autonomous community? <laughs> or a non-autonomous community? <laughs> and then when they're all from the same autonomous community, who's your father? And when you're from the same father, who's your mother? Have I lied? No, sir. I went of the same mother. Which position are you in this family? <laughs> One way or the other, we must divide. So that's why racism does not bother me. The whites and the, those uh, advanced countries just happen to be the ones who God bless more. If they reverse the roles, bros, we will do exactly the same thing. And then the way we behave sometimes, we should be discriminated against. We actually sometimes do behave like monkeys. If you don't know we behave like monkeys, go to the next hold up. <laughs> go there. You think Oka, the one that will pass Oka now, is a problem. You think it's bad road. It's not bad road. It's all the monkeys driving. <laughs> if you get civilized people to drive that road, they will still go to where they are going. To just take a little longer. Nobody can be angry. We're all the, we're in the monkey family, so there's no... <laughs> oh, monkey to another monkey, so. <laughs> oh, that is good. <laughs> now, this is what I'm making. So, for me, all this didn't bother me. I just said Christians should watch out for the interest of Christ. We should watch out for what? The interest of Christ. That was my own in the whole thing. Your burden, you have to learn to have the lost burdens. Yes. That's one thing you must learn. To have the burden of God in your heart. Please, have that burden. Last time we read the story, the account of um, um, Anna and the account of Simeon. People who lived for decades just watching out for the interest of God, for the consolation of Jerusalem, for the birth of the Lord's you know, salvation, the Lord's Messiah. That's what concerned them. And they prayed day and night, not for two years. Day and night, not for ten years. Day and night, not for twenty years. Day and night, not for fifty years. I don't know the exact number of years, definitely more than 50 years. So that when they hear that something good is happening somewhere, ah, they watch it. When they hear that, ah, this preacher is preaching, for some time I hear that there are people who talk to me, some of them are close to me. One of our sisters will say, say, my pastor. That's why I pray for you all the time. Because when she hears of things going on around, 
the kind of temptations and pressures that men of God come under, come under. And she will look and say, Lord, please, nobody's taking banking. And she won't tell me. And she'll get on her knees at home. And nothing personal, not as if, you know, he's my brother. I've known him for long. Her own is that. This man is preaching the word of God. He looks like a good word of God to me. How many do we have? These are the pressures they come under. So she gets on her knees. And not for the, our relationship's sake, but for the kingdom's sake. That's what we need now. People who really grieve for the things that break God's heart. Who pray for the things that God wants to do. Who don't find it funny anymore when people mock and joke with the name of Christ? Not those who make jokes about church. Those ones, they don't bother me. It's those who mount the pulpit and behave as if this word is just a tool for running our organization. Pastors do that. Let me tell you, stop that nonsense. Stop that nonsense. If you don't stop that nonsense, God will have you sacked from that church. He will collect that pulpit from you. If you be, if you are stubborn, he will kill you in the process. Stop that nonsense. The word of God is not our tool for running the organization. Let me tell you what pastors do. So you, I'm talking to you as a pastor, so you know you do it, and it's wickedness as far as the Lord is concerned. They will come, Pastor Kemote. Um, the way brethren are parking there is it good? You say no. You say okay, go and preach a message on order, and they will come to church. There must be order in the house of the Lord. It sounds good, right? But it's a sin. It's manipulation. You start preaching on order. Just because you don't like the way people are parking. You know what you should do if you don't like their parking? Call the ushers to arrange parking. I don't want anybody, if you park wrongly, we will deflate your tire. Leave it there. Then get to church and preach what the Spirit is saying to the church. Each time, there is what the Spirit is saying to the church. I've seen pastors do it. Take the word of God as something to use to run the organization. Not to improve people's lives. For example, maybe, assuming now that uh, our general overseer of Kingdom World Ministries, you know, the most reverend, which name, family name now? Oh, volunteer. Chinedu. (laughs) He's coming to town. When I start preaching a message on how to receive a man of God. Praise God. When a man of God is coming to town, the junior prophet, then you take a whole Sunday because we are welcoming a man. Leave the God out of his name for once. A whole Sunday. Then the following Sunday, what is the problem? The church roof is leaking. They cover over your head must never leak. They'll be quoting scripture. Why? So you can collect money to rule the church. All of you doing this, God will soon sack you. It's our prayer. He has to. Some people don't even know it's wrong. There is what the Spirit is saying to the church. That's what you're supposed to preach. We use it as an easy tool. If, maybe I don't like the way people dress. Okay, what do I do now so that they'll be dressing... Like me. Follow me as I follow. You see, they'll finish reading, they start talking. Look at the way your pastor is dressed. It's a sign of honor. You dress like him. One whole Sunday. 
So you just look at it and say, this organization, what is it about? You use the Bible to run the organization, then gather more members, and then you now be a massive, you know, they say the church is growing. Like one of my friends would say, cancer is also a growth. When you see such things, it should grieve you. It is wrong. Don't use the word of God to run your organization. There's what the Spirit is saying to the church. There's what the Spirit is saying to individuals. Deliver that. Sometimes what the Spirit is saying does not bring money. It removes money. I've told this story again, but like we have to keep telling it so everybody will hear know that things like that happen. My friend Pastor Corey said one day a man joined their church. And the man was a great giver. You know, like God giver. He said at that time, that man was single-handedly giving half of all the offerings the church collected. If their offering was 10,000, only he gave 5,000. If the offering is 100,000, only he gave 50. He said for the first time we could plan. We knew the money was coming. He could pay wages. Everything was going smoothly. He said, but every time the man gave money, his spirit is unsettled, will be unsettled. Every man, the time the man will give money, his spirit will be unsettled. So he took it to the Lord in prayer and began to pray. And he prayed. Then finally decided to confront the man. Called the man to the corner one day and said, my brother, since you came to this church, you have been a blessing. You have given more than anybody else has ever been a member of this church. And you have, your financial gifts have been a blessing. However, anytime you give, I'm not settled. Talk to me. Is there something I should know? And the man told him, let's make a long story short. He says, sir, God will bless you. I have been to many churches. I have given more than I have given here. No pastor has ever bothered to confront me like this. He says, sir, it's money that we steal. They were stealing government money. And he was a front man for collecting it. So, and being a born again Christian, his conscience has to be silenced. So, that giving was not giving. It was, it was payment, settlement. God, this is your court. We have done a deal. So, when a, a man of God faced him and challenged him, you know the truth? He was looking for deliverance. He was so grateful somebody was asking him. He was grateful. I told you there's what the Spirit is saying to the church. There's what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And there's what the Spirit is saying to each person. He took what the Spirit was saying to that man. And the man says, sir, what do I do? He said, well, you ask me what do I do? You have to stop. He said, I know. Well, how do I handle the other people? who are in the business with me. He had to resign his job. <laughs> Sometimes when you, when you say what the Spirit is saying, okay, you know what happened to the church? Ah, suddenly, the offering now increased sixfold afterwards. Other people came and started giving money. Amen? Apostles, is that what happened? Of course not. They went back to where they used to be before his offering came. That, you know, what I said, I almost want to hear. As soon as the man confronted him, praise God, the Lord saw it as a test, and the Lord now... In- <laughs> Not like that. The offering just went back to where it was before the man joined. But it did not stop the church from growing. 
But most importantly, he saved the soul. So, you see, preaching the truth does not... Don't think that once you tell the truth... No. See, pastors manipulate the truth because of, of offering. We have to stop it. And when you see, you should be grieved. You should be grieved enough sometimes to do some things. You should be grieved enough sometimes to stop a man after service and say, Sir, what you are doing is not right. You should be grieved enough sometimes to say, Today I'm not giving. And say, Why? Sir, this is not right. And most importantly, you should be grieved enough to get on your knees and say, Lord, you have to put a stop to this. There's a reason why Jesus said two mites. That woman's offering was greater than that of the other people. One, most of us look at proportion, which is true. If you want to look at proportion, sometimes we look at what she had to live on, which is very true because the Lord said it. But I can tell you one thing. What, what, you know what God is saying? Each offering carries a spirit. I can do more with that woman's offering than I can with the other people's gifts. Yeah, that's what I say. That what God needs is not the volume of cash. It's a heart. The spirit somebody is putting into his offering, her offering. Many pastors are there opening their hands, encouraging people to steal money and bring and come and wash it in church. You know what they call money laundering? Come and wash it in church. Do you know, the day I found out that ministries, they say we have to bring skumu. You know what they call No skumu. I said, what thing concern me? Concerns skumu. For those of you who don't know what skumu is, go and ask a banker. Skumul is a Greek word, which means, now nah, that's a joke. It's just short for some SC, something. Anyway, it's part of Nigeria's money laundering, you know, checks and balance, you know, to check. So they said that we need to get skumul registration. I said, which one concern me? Ah, they say, Pastor, sit down there. That they use church to literally do money laundering. I said, eh? Ah, is that one? They will come and give offerings. We enter to the church account. How will they not get it back now? I said, leave that thing. You know, when you are not stealing, you don't know what thieves are doing. <laughs> Let me just stop it there. The point I'm just trying to make is that, so, so those things there, eh? when we see it, it should grieve us. Because it's grieving the heart of the Lord. When you see the church, there's a lot of disparity. Now, not, it's not just cash. Cash now becomes the manifestation. Quite alright. But it's a heart. Why is it the church running away from their brothers and sisters in troubled areas? And they are building paneled houses. It should, it should grieve you. You should feel bad. That's when you can give real offerings. Not all this one that God, I want to pay rent, takes more. Then multiply so I can pay my landlord. God, if you need money, ask directly. Say, Lord, my rent is 250,000 naira. Is due in the next three weeks. Right now, all I have is 15,000. Please, help me. He will answer you. He won't say, what have you given? He doesn't behave like that. If we say he does, we are lying against him. He does not behave like that. If we come to him sincerely, with a clean, open heart, prostrate before him, throw your problems before him, he will answer you. However, when he gives you money, it will follow where your heart is. And I'm saying to you, don't let your money follow where your selfishness is. Your heart should not be on yourself. Because many of the giving people are giving to ministry, they are pouring a wrong spirit into church. They are pouring a wrong spirit into ministries. 
they are focused on themselves and the word of God will not grow. It's better if you're a pastor, listen, it's better to have those that, that widow with her might around you than those Pharisees with plenty of money. Yeah, for the first few years, you look like the stupid one. You will not build a panel church. You won't. You keep on managing. You won't have the best equipment, but they will hear you. But come back in 50 years' time. You will know the people, the person that really touched lives, who will have a story to tell of 40 years ago. Most of those people that go to those panel churches, in 40 years, they are lost. Their children are lost. They don't believe anything anymore. And one day the, the, the thing will become a shell also. It will become empty. It's vanity. In our prayers, let's love the glory of Christ. Let's love the kingdom of God. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything God says he wants to do, please make it a prayer point in your life. Not because of you, but because of... Just want... I don't know whether you're getting my point. You know, just want... Want to see Christ elevated. Do you get what I'm saying? Let it just make you happy. I say it again. For me right now, is that name. And you make it a prayer point. That that name will work miracles. The prayer I pray is not, it's not God. Put me, I do, I let my hands do. No, no, no. My hand will do. All of us must do this thing together. Nobody say, oh, now let you go to heal the sick. Where are you going now? Nobody the same God with his head. So nobody saying, what I'm just trying to say is this. What should be your utmost desire? The highest one is that God. When we mention the name of Jesus, let's be hearing the testimonies. That this brother went to church. This sister went to the hospital to go and see somebody. And she mentioned the name of Jesus. And a huge tumor went down. It should make you happy. Not because, not, not, oh, she's anointed. She's not anointed nothing. Nobody's anointed right now. That's not what we're talking about. But that the name of Jesus is what? Glorified. Is elevated. Is honorable. To get to a time, people will be afraid to mention that name because they've seen the miracles it does. So they won't play with it anymore. You won't see unbelievers. They miss a football penalty. They say, oh, Jesus. That's an insult. When I want to exclaim, I like to declare the lordship of Jesus. My exclamation is, Jesus is Lord. Amen. Oh, Jesus is Lord. Keep on exalting that name. It should, it should be your greatest desire. Say, Lord, ah, this name we have believed in. Abba, let it raise the dead now. At the mention of this name, stretch forth your hand, Father, to do miracles. Let signs and wonders be done at the mention of the name of your holy child, Jesus Christ. It's a prayer you should pray every day. It's a prayer you should pray every day. He sent his word and healed them. And that word delivered them from all their destruction. Say, Lord, as we send this word out, let it heal the people for the sake of your glory, not for our own sake. I like the way David said it. Not to us, Lord. Not to us. How did he say it again? Psalm what? 115. Thank you. Yeah, it's one of my favorite psalms. I can, don't mind me. I have many psalms that are Favorite in my life. Because there are some verses down there. Yeah, yes, you know, verse 16 is one of our favorite verses, remember? Yeah, I know. He said, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. Ha, don't you like that? 
Not to us, O Lord, not to us. Not to our ministry, not to our church, not to our denomination, not to our commission, not to our man of God, not to our pastor, not to our general overseer, not to our archbishop. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. He said, why should the nation say, where now is their God? I don't know about you. These two verses, they should be your meditation. Let us ask our feet and pray with them. Not to us, O Lord, not to us. Just pray with it. Whichever way you wish, pray that prayer. You just have about two minutes for that. Then we'll close. Say, Lord, give glory to this name of Jesus. Give glory to this name, Jesus. Lord, in our generation, give glory to this name, Jesus. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name, give glory. Say, do signs and wonders at the mention of the name Jesus Christ. Pray that prayer. Say, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name, give glory. Not to us, O Lord, not to us. Oh, pray that prayer. It's so important. Just a simple prayer. Just take about about two minutes and pray it. Say, Lord, give glory to the name of Jesus in my life. Give glory to the name of Jesus in our generation. Through your church, Lord, give glory. Give glory. To your church, through your church, O Lord, give glory. Not to us, O Lord, not to us. But to your name, give glory. Pray that prayer, pray that prayer to the Lord. Say, Lord, not to us, but to your name, give glory. Read that scripture out loud. I want you to read it out loud a number of times. I like the way Peter said, he said, And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your name to heal. And signs and wonders take place to the name, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That's another prayer. You add it to it and pray it. Psalm 115 verses 1 and 2. Then Acts chapter 4. Is it 4? Yes. Acts chapter 4. That's from verse 29. Please put the two of them together now. You have another one minute. Just one minute. And pray for the love of the glory of that name. Just one more minute. Let's continue to pray. Let's use another 30 seconds to pray that prayer and say, Lord, it is to your name. We refuse to share your glory. It is to your name. To your name, give glory. As the dead that brought back to life, it is to your name. It is not for us to brag. It is for Jesus to be exalted. As the sick get healed, it is for Jesus to be exalted. As mad people receive sanity, Lord, it is for you to be exalted. It is not for us to brag. No, no. It is for your glory. As you use our hands, as you walk through our hands, 
Lord, it is for your glory. It is not for us. No, it is not for us. When they even ask who did this thing, Lord, may we never, may our name never come up. It is one of the children of God that has done this. Not a great man of God. No, it is for the glory of Jesus. Lord, we refuse to take your glory. As individuals, as a church, we refuse to take your glory. The glory is yours. Father, we thank you. Just give the Lord thanks this evening again for great things he has done and is doing. Let's thank him because we've lifted his words before him. And indeed, he will ride on these words. The Spirit will ride on these words. And we do that, that the Lord has proposed to do. Father, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for sending your words to us again. Thank you for encouraging our hearts. Thank you also for correction and for giving us instruction in righteousness. We bless your name forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. All right, let's be seated.